Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back to Modern Musings. I'm your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I'm here today with my co-hosts, Kristen Hessler and Amber Garvin. Hello. We're here today um, talking about a kind of sensitive subject a little bit um Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a trying subject i think um elder care and caregivers and this is something i have mentioned over and over again um on as because it's a factual you know fact of life for me um i have a mother who has dementia and um she's currently living in a uh skilled nursing facility but for a time she was actually living with me in my home and I was taking care of her and um this was uh it kind of came on suddenly and it was not expected it was not planned and I think that happens often with people um there there are no plans for what if and you wind up in the in that situation and uh, I, ju- I just kind of want to talk about some of those challenges. Um, some of you know some things too, like Kristen mm-hmm. kind of helped me with my mom. and Well, I and went through it with my grandmother. You, you went through it with your grandmother. So um, we, we kind of um, have some different perspectives on it too. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm anxious to talk about some of those challenges and how we dealt with those challenges And um, if this is your first time joining us, I hope you'll stick around and uh, listen to the end and um, and check out some of our other podcasts because we talk about a different topic every week and we have new episodes every Wednesday. And if you are someone who's coming back and has been listening for a while, welcome back. We love having you join us for these conversations and we hope you'll join us over on our Facebook chat group, MMC Chat, which you can access from our Facebook page, or um, you can get there, I believe, from our website at modernmusings.net. And um, and leave us some comments. Uh, you know, if you're a caregiver or uh, dealing with, with a situation like this, we'd love to hear from you and um, hear how you deal with these problems. So, um, as I mentioned, my mother had dementia. I did not know at the time that she had dementia. I went to um, my hometown of Lubbock, Texas. I'm in the Dallas area right now. And I went to the hometown uh, of Lubbock, Texas to visit my mom and to help my niece with some things. And we noticed that mom was kind of uh, having a little bit of memory loss. And after my dad had passed away and my sister had passed away, she really wasn't taking care of herself very well. And so we went out to visit her. I had moved her into a little um, retirement community because it just was not safe for her to be at home alone anymore because she wasn't taking good care of herself. And we thought that moving her into this little retirement community would be a a good uh, answer for that because she could still be independent in her own apartment and, um, but she was closer to the rest of the family where they could take care of her a little bit. And when we went out there, she was um, very distraught. She had a lot of anxiety issues going on and she was afraid um, that her neighbor was going to kill her dog. And she, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was a delusion or if this gentleman actually said something to her that set the anxiety off, but Um, She wasn't dealing with that very well, and she wasn't cleaning up after herself or cleaning up after the dog. We were pretty sure that she had not been sleeping in her bed. She kept forgetting that she had food in the pantry and the freezer, and she was turning, you know, the Meals on Wheels would bring her some meals, and she would forget that there was food there, and she wasn't eating very well. And so... My niece and I, who had who had gone out there with me, um, we decided we couldn't leave her there alone because um, some of the family that was there taking care of her was 
we're not really checking in on her as often as she needed. Uh, I don't think anybody was really aware how bad her dementia had progressed at that point. We, in fact, we just thought it was old age memory loss or whatever. Um, and, and didn't realize that it was full on dementia until later. And, but I just brought her with me thinking, I'll just get her to my house and maybe I can convince her to move from the apartment in Lubbock to an apartment closer to me. Because, you know, if I put her up in a little apartment down the street, I can keep an eye on her and, um, you know, I can go pick her up a couple of times a week and take her on errands and bring her back to my house to visit for the day or, or whatever. And just thinking in general that she would, she would be better off if she was closer to me because I could keep a closer watch on her and I could go over and clean her house or whatever. And that was in January. So we just brought her here. Um, that was in January of 2020. And we know, we all know what happened shortly after that. Um, while she was still here and I was trying to get things squared away with her um, and looking for a senior residence place where she could go, COVID hit. And I was not about to move her into a place like that during COVID because the mortality rate of seniors in those facilities was extremely high and it was very worrisome. And so I just said, I'll just keep her here until this um, crisis is over. And the longer she stayed with me, the more I realized that she, her dementia had really, really, really progressed um, to the point where it was absolutely she could not live in an independent living situation. She could not cook for herself. Uh, there was no way that she would remember to eat and take care of her dog and things like that. And so I started looking more for an assisted living. But, um, you know, we had to wait until um, COVID had cleared up enough where she could live there. And also I had to sell her house because... In an in a independent living situation, she could um, live on her fixed income, but when you come down to having that needing that assisted living, it is so much more expensive that there was no way she was going to be able to afford that, and um, she did not. She just did not have the means to do that, so. Uh, she wound up living with me for 18 months, I believe it was, during which time we actually got her diagnosed with um, frontotemporal dementia and and realized how severe it actually was. And, you know, so then um, COVID kind of lightened up a little enough where I could move her somewhere. And, but I, I was her primary caregiver. We did find a... Um, an adult daycare center that uh, she was able to go to um, a couple of days a week, which was very helpful to me because I was uh, trying to work from home, even though COVID had basically shut down most of my travel business. I was still trying to get things done. I was still trying to do paperwork and taxes and things like that. And, um, and then I had, you know, the whole, family basically working from home in this house so it was a it was a little bit challenging but I uh it it was very stressful for me I I don't think people realize how stressful being a caregiver is even for someone that you love you know it's um it, it's very heartbreaking to see their either their, their physical body or their, um, mental health decline and, you know, see that they're not the same person that they are. And it, it's basically a, a double job on you. You know, I, like I said, I was trying to work, but here was a second full-time job of taking care of my mother who couldn't even remember to take a bath or change her clothes or where her bed bedroom was or, um, 
to eat or whether the dog had been outside. And so, um, Amber, I know you've had a, a similar, um, experience taking care of your grandmother. Can you talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that and, you know, what, how that came about and also, you know, how, how difficult or, or easy that was? Well, it was, um, it was actually a very similar experience to yours, actually, as far as my grandmother living alone. Well, my mom lived with my grandmother for years, almost probably about nine or 10 years. She lived with my grandmother, taking care of my grandmother, running my grandmother's Mm -hmm. household, you know, all while working at the Mm -hmm. same time. And, uh going going to nursing school and everything like that and uh well my grand well at first my mom of course was living both places with my grandma and my dad and then as my grandma increasingly began not able to take care of herself Mm -hmm. my mom lived more and more with my grandma and so she was basically like well, my mom was going to nursing school, but she was basically like a nurse to my grandma as far as like mm-hmm. taking care of her medications yeah. and making all of her food and cleaning house and stuff like that. And then once um, my mom got sick and had her strokes, then they had to hire a maid to come in right. and clean house and stuff like that. But my mom was still making basic food and everything like that. And then I lived with them for a while on through that so I basically after my mom had her strokes and went into the hospital I took over the care of my grandmother for a while so I had to learn how to do her medication Mm -hmm. and I had to learn how to like feed her and make sure and bathe her and stuff like that but I mean at that time she was pretty self-sufficient like people being around her all the time you got hints of dementia, but it wasn't full-on. She didn't develop full-on dementia until after my mom died. Right. And you were talking about, like, after your dad died. Yeah, the, 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 it, the stress it was like and the, the depression. The stress and depression, yeah, it, of yes. the death. That really brought on her dementia after my mom died. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then she was living by herself. Yeah. Because... You know, I was married to my ex-husband at the time, and we lived in our own separate place. But she, like, was going through things. Like, she would say things and not remember. Right. She would tell my cousin things to do things and then not remember doing it and saying that she didn't say that. Right. And I was... As my mother did as well. Yeah, and I was trying to tell the other members of my family, like, hey... She is getting dementia because I could tell before my mom died mm-hmm. that she kind of had dementia because she would do things like that to my mom. Like my mom would go over to my dad's and then she would call my mom and threaten to call the police and set and uh, tell them that my dad kidnapped her or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. So she would call my mom and and or, and do things like that and then forget about it. Mm-hmm. So there were little hints, and then she was also increasingly writing everything down so she could remember everything. Mm-hmm. And she had notepads and notepads of just little things written down, just basic life things. And my cousin didn't find most of those until my grandma went into the nursing home and it was apparent that she had dementia. But um, after, yeah, after my mom died, that became a problem. And then um, when COVID hit, Meals on Wheels was only bringing once a week, the whole week of meals. And my grandma would eat the first meal on Monday Put the re- put half of her meal in the microwave for the evening because she'd eat half for lunch, half mm-hmm. for dinner, and she'd put all of the other meals in the microwave as well for the rest of the week, and they'd all go bad. Oh, right. And she'd she forget about them. them in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah, that's what that my mom did. Things like that too. She would and forget. so she'd throw them away. So and yeah. then my grandma only ate breakfast or whatever, which was cereal, right? Something easy to do. So she was only eating one meal a day, if that, 
on the weekday, but then my cousin would bring her meals on Saturday and Sunday, but she increasingly grew weaker and weaker mm-hmm. from lack of meals. Right. And then she ended up falling, and my uncle found her, and they had to call the ambulance, and mm-hmm. she ended up in the hospital. And it turns out from lack of meal and everything like that, she would got pneumonia. Mm. And so she ended up in the hospital, and the doctor did a memory test or whatever they mm-hmm. do for dementia on her. And he was like, you can't leave the hospital until you're competent enough to go home. Mm-hmm. So they put her in, we put her in rehab for her to um, get better from pneumonia and then to kind of recover her memory. But it became apparent over time that her memory was just not going to recover. Right. And the doctor suggested that she go into the nursing home where people could take care of her 24 hours a day. And all of this, like I said, happened right at COVID. So we didn't get to go like physically in to visit her in the nursing home Mm -hmm. for over a year. And I didn't get to see her for two years. It was only like my grandmother's caregiver, which was my uncle, that they would let in the nursing home. And then I didn't get to see my grandmother for exactly two years after that. And by that time, I was my mom. Yeah. Like a... I ceased to exist. Mm -hmm. The first time she saw me, she introduced me as her daughter to everybody on the staff. That's what my mother does. My mother calls me her sister. Yeah. And so, like, um, during those two years that I didn't get to see her, I mean, I got to see her through the window, but she can't hear a thing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to talk to her. I just had to, got to pass her notes and stuff like that. But during that two years, she forgot me she knew who I was you know but I and my mom merged right so um and it was like my uncle and my grandfather merged mm-hmm. so just just different things frequently. my cousin yeah. and her mom merged and uh you know my little cousins that visit her were just like people she didn't know mm-hmm. so that's what you know happened during COVID and all of that and Then, like, the whole time during that, my grandmother was just like, well, my son Grady is going to pick me up. And she never uh, unpacks in the nursing home. Mm -hmm. My cousin or I will go over there, unpack everything, put everything up. And um, it's by the time we go back, or my cousin goes back, it's packed again. It's by the door. It's waiting. Mm -hmm. It's ready to go. My grandmother has in the years that she's lived there now three years she has completely lost everything personal thrown it away or um she's like this is not mine and she'll throw it away or something Mm -hmm. like that so we're constantly buying her clothes and things like that and it's just yeah it's an ongoing battle. It is. Even even once they get into the, the nursing home or the memory care facility or whatever, it's it's just constant that you're dealing with things. And this, one of the issues, uh, I don't know if you have this issue with your grandmother, but one of the issues with my mother was that she did not have any long-term care insurance. She did not have any retirement um, money set aside she lived on a fixed income of Social Security yeah, only. that's exactly with my grandmother. My and, grandmother only worked like one job yeah. her whole life. And they, um, my mom had a job, uh, but at the time that my dad had his heart attack and then went on hospice later, um, and, and that's a whole nother story of caregiving there as well. But um, when that happened, she, she took a leave of absence and then um, when she went back to work, her dementia had set in enough that she couldn't work. And they, uh, we're, we're not even sure the whole story. Sometimes she says they fired her and sometimes she says she quit. So I don't think she really knows because her dementia had already set in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but she lost her in, any insurance that she had. Um, so, because it was all through her work. But, so she... She wound up coming to me with nothing but her social security to live off of. And 
in Lubbock, Texas, you can get a senior apartment for, you know, seven or eight hundred dollars a month. It's subsidized by yeah. the county or whatever. Um, there's it's enough that you can live off of. Barely, but you can live off of it. Um, but out here in the Dallas area, or if you need any kind of medical uh, assistance or anything like that, it, it is extremely expensive. And um, we started looking, you know, at the assisted living, and they started at a rate of about uh, $2,400 a month. And that's for someone who is mostly independent. And, um, you know, she, she needed more care than that, but at, at mostly independent at $2,400 a month, that's more than I pay for my mortgage on my house. And, uh, it's like almost twice what I pay on my mortgage on my house. So, um, cause I bought my house when everything was cheap, so. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a lot of money and, you know, she does, she did not have that. And so we were trying to look for this and that. And so we realized that the only thing we could do was get Medicaid, which is state funding because Medicare will not pay for their medical care in a facility, even though it is medically necessary because of their dementia, which is a medical problem. And I'm not and we had sure to get my grandma on Medicaid as well. Yeah. And like, I don't I don't understand this why Medicare doesn't cover that because it is a part of aging. It is a medical necessity for them to have this care. So I mean they'll pay for you to be in a hospital. Why won't they pay for you to be in in that care? Uh well, I mean I know why, because it costs money. And you know, at the, the the lowest level of care is $2,400, but when you get up into someone with full-on dementia um, who needs round-the-clock care, like she does now, pretty much, um, it's six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 a month because they have to be constantly supervised and all these things, and there is nothing to pay for it. In order to get uh, Medicaid to pay for it, you actually have to be in a Medicaid facility for a certain length of time. When Medicaid, uh, they only pay for a certain number of people at a time. And so there has to be an opening in the Medicaid slots for you to get care. And you have mm -hmm. to be in a Medicaid bed in a Medicaid facility, a facility that accepts Medicaid. And those facilities, because the state pays them less than what they get for their other patients and residents, yeah. um, they, they, they limit it to X number of beds. And so there's only a few people. And so you have to be in that bed for a certain amount of time. And, you know, there's all these little, it's like jumping through freaking hoops. Yeah, it's, it really is. Like it's really horrible. And. So we opted to, um, at the time when I first moved her out of my house, um, I moved her into a memory care facility because I thought she might be more comfortable in a facility that was dedicated to memory care and was not a nursing home. And, um, and so we sold her home and used that money to fund her living in the nursing home for a year and a half or not in the nursing home in the memory care facility for a year and a half. And then we moved her to a nursing home. Um, but by then she had deteriorated so much that she was trying to escape and we've had to move her multiple times just to get her in a secure facility where she can't get out. Um, because she would wander out and go up, try to go out to the parking lot and get in her car and go home. So, um, she doesn't even, even now she's been living in this, this new facility. Um, she doesn't remember sometimes that she has a room there. She just thinks she's wandering around waiting for somebody to come get her and take her home. And, um, so, but, but it's, uh, we're still going through that Medicaid process and hoping she doesn't get turned down. And it, and it, they literally make you jump through hoops. You've got to show all the income that you've had, you've got to, you know, they, um, they saw that we had sold the house and they want to know 
exactly what you spent that money on. Well, you know, it's been paying for her um, living expenses at this other facility. But, you know, you have to prove that that's where that money went, that she didn't give it away to somebody or uh, we didn't spend it on things that, you know, weren't for her or whatever. And, and, it, and it really is just the craziest stuff. And, and the, the level of care that they get in a lot of these facilities is so poor. It, uh, I don't know if you've had this experience. We had, we loved the little memory care facility that she was in because I felt like she got really good care there. Um, a lot of the staff was really great, but there towards the end of her stay there, they wound up having to fire the entire evening staff because they found out um, that they were sleeping on the job. And um, we actually were part of the discovery of that. I uh, routinely would take my mom out, bring her over to spend holidays with us and stuff. And um, we had been out at Thanksgiving and um, we went to take her back and rang the doorbell and it and it took a long time for somebody to come to the door and finally the on-call nurse uh came to the door to let us in and she goes I don't know where the other person is and so she went the 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 staff member that was supposed to be awake and you know watching the door and looking for patients to and there were some patients that were awake um but anyway she went looking for her and she was in one of the lounges uh, one of the, the uh, resident lounges, asleep. She was literally asleep. She had drool on her shirt, you know, where her head had kind of fallen over on her shoulder and she would sleep with her mouth open. And um, and she was asleep. And she was just, it was just the worst. And then uh, that was at Thanksgiving. We moved her out of there in February. And that was when they had laid off the, the staff, uh, apparently they were also supposed to be washing all the laundry and none of the laundry was getting, when I moved my mother out, none of her clothes were in her closet. They were all backed up in the laundry room and because the night staff had not been doing them. And, and we would routinely go in there and find other people's clothes in her stuff. Even though all of her things were marked, they would put things in her closet that weren't hers Things that were hers were not in her closet. We never found them again. Um, and that, that was an issue that I thought was happening with my grandmother's nursing home because all of her clothes would go yeah. missing. Yeah. And um, my cousin thinks it's because she was throwing them away because yeah. she didn't realize, think that those were, were her hers. clothes. Right. But I mean, very well, it could be a similar situation. Right. Uh, it, they, they would just disappear. And then we would find other people's clothes in my mother's closet. And it was obvious it had somebody else's name on it, you know, and I would take it back to them. And they, oh yeah, that was a person that used to live here. So we just pass out their clothes. It's like, what the heck? That's weird. You know, it yeah, is really weird. Really is it's really weird. weird. Like, and, um, like but yeah, a lot of things got, got misplaced and, and she actually, she moved out of that place in February into a new, that new facility. Um, the one that she was trying to escape out of and they had, she was in one room for like a few weeks and then they turned her around and moved her to a different room and the different room that they moved her to, uh, apparently some of her stuff still didn't come with her. And, um, and so we, they misplaced it. And then when she wound up at the new nursing home, she was there. She had no socks, no bras, no pajamas. She had like two sets of clothes because they packed her and moved her without waiting for me to move her. Um, they, they found a place for her and they said, we're moving her today. And I was like, I can't be there today. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll pack her up and we'll move her. And they literally threw her things in a box, put her in a car and dumped her at the new facility. And I mean, literally dumped her there. They took her clothes and put the box, the box of her clothes and shoved them in the closet. And they did not have all of her things because they had not washed them all that week. 
and um, she was there with no, her. She wears eyeglasses. She did not have her eyeglasses. And like I said, they did not let me attend that move. Um, they didn't okay that move with me. They just said she has to move. They're going to take her. And they took her. And I was really, really frustrated with that because um, I'm her POA. I should have been able to say, no, I'm not ready for you to move her. I really didn't want her to move, but now in hindsight, I, um, I'm glad she moved away from there because of the way they handled all of that. I don't want her in a place like that. Um, and so it, it, it was just really crappy, but the way I, I didn't even find out from them that they actually found a place to move her to and were moving her. I found out from the facility that they were moving her to, they called me to get her medical records and ask questions. So they didn't even tell me they were moving her that day. It was the other facility they were moving her to called me to get her information. And I think that is a crime against the elderly. That is just horrible. Yeah. I, 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 I can't find the right word for that. It's so bad. I don't think they should be able to do that. And, and a yet lot of they facilities did. are like that. Like there yeah. are a lot of, um, not the one that my grandmother is in. Um, we were able to let her stay in the same place that she was in rehab mm-hmm. for, even though it's not a Medicaid facility, because they have like a program for military wives. Oh there. yeah, a lot of so, them do. They for military wives. My dad did not serve those. So. Yeah. Yeah. So she was able to stay there, but I'm I'm thinking more of like my dad's mom. Like she was in a facility when she got older, mm-hmm. and uh, she ended up there after my uncle Johnny died. So same scenario. Right. That's how my granny ended up in the nursing home, and um, she was like a not taken care of very well there. Right. They allowed her to fall in the shower. They didn't assist her in the shower and she broke her hip. Mm. Um, They allowed someone to come in and scam her of all of her money. Mm. And then the rest, whatever she had of value was eventually taken right over time and everything like that. Now, I guess, I'm not really sure about the clothing or anything like that, if they were good with her clothing, but um, I just remember, I was in college when all of this happened, Mm -hmm. but I remember hearing from my parents the different various things that happened in that nursing home, and eventually that nursing home got shut down. Mm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have learned that with my mother's things... Everything is expendable. Do not send anything to the nursing home that that is a keepsake or a treasure or anything. My mother has some photos. Um, luckily, we've scanned those photos a long time ago. So everything that's that's there is um, there's a potential for it to be lost or stolen, um, and not even necessarily um, malevolently. Um, the other, the other residents often are also take dealing things, with, and they yeah. take things and, and don't realize they're theirs. And, yeah. um, that was one of the other horrifying things I found out the day that they moved her to this new facility, which I like much better. Um, the day that they moved her there, um, her other roommate had passed away and, um, her other roommate was, uh, I think a younger younger like maybe my age or even maybe Kristen's age but she uh had down syndrome and um she had passed away I'm not sure from what but they had packed up her things as well but some of her items were in my mother's belongings that they sent with my mother to this new facility including a photo album of this young woman um that she had of pictures of herself doing things you know or whatever and and they just haphazardly i mean they were marked with her name it was obvious that they Mm -hmm. belonged to to this other person 
and they sent them to us. And, um, and so I actually took them back while I was looking for my mother's things. Cause I thought, you know, the family of this lady m might want these items back, especially the photo album, you know? And, um, and they were like, Oh yeah, well, well, uh, but, she, but the family took everything they wanted and I'm like, and there, so I got to dig through some stuff that the, that belonged to this other young woman. And I found a couple of things in her stuff that they had packed up that actually belonged to my mother. And, um, and they, they, they were like, yeah, the family took everything they wanted whenever, you know, and whatever. So this is all just going to go to the trash. We just haven't moved it yet. And I'm just like, you're serious. I, I cannot believe that it, this it's so callous. It's so callous. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, the whole treatment of that place was so horrible. I I really liked that facility. It had really high ratings um, when we moved in. But after after being there, I I think I would have to give them a really bad review. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I want to. And I was really... Um, I did not want my mother to move to this, this lockdown facility that she's at now because it, uh, when she was at the memory care facility before it was a lockdown facility, but the, the residents had the run of the whole place pretty much. I mean, you know, it's like the front door is locked. The exits are locked. Um, there's probably a way to, if you try to go out, the alarm starts going off kind of thing, you know, but, um, and you have to use a key code to get out. So they're, they can't escape. Um, and I think probably if there's a fire, the doors probably automatically unlock or whatever. I'm not sure, but you know, and that's one of the reasons they don't want the staff sleeping while they're there. But, um, the, the middle place that she went to, the one that moved her without my permission, um, it is not a lockdown facility. And I really thought she would like that facility better because, um, it was a bigger facility. There were people, it was just a normal nursing home and a skilled nursing facility. So there's people there who are just there for rehab. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody had a heart attack or broke a leg or whatever. So there's lots of people there. And I thought my mom might enjoy, um, ha making friends with some of those people and, you know, having some people who aren't, um, fully into their dementia, to talk to or whatever um, because she would sometimes try to have conversations with people and she didn't believe she had dementia anyway. So I thought this would be a good place for her and maybe she would make some friends and be happy. Um, and she could, she had, you know, pretty much the run of the place. She could go where she wanted within the facility, but she quickly figured out that one of the wings was not being used at the time. And, um, they were using the rooms in that part of the, the facility for offices. And so after five o'clock at night, there's nobody there. And so she would sneak over into that part and then find one of the doors and she could get out because the, the doors are not locked. It's um, if you hold the door long enough, it just, it, you just, there's a sign on it and it says, just hold it for 15 seconds in an emergency and it'll open the door. So she would just, she, she could read the sign. So she'd just open the door. And once she figured out how to get out, she was out on the street. And, um, and so they were like, we can't have that because we can't make her not go do that. She would forget to not try to go out because she would think, Oh, my car's out there. I can just go out there and get in my car and go home. And, um, so we, you know, she couldn't stay there. And, um, we couldn't figure out a way to keep her from trying to escape. So they had to move her to the facility that she's at now where she's, uh, she's in one wing and, uh, and it's all for dementia patients and they, they can't get out at all. So, uh, I don't like that part of it. Um, and most of the people there are far more debilitated than she is which is really sad. So, um, but because she does not, she's not able to reason enough not to try to escape. Mm -hmm. That's where she has to be. So, um, 
but at least she gets the care that I feel like she deserves and, um, or as, as best as she can. I, it's a really drab facility. There's like no carpet. There's no color on the walls. It's very plain. Um, the beds are hospital beds with really drab sheets that look like they've been washed in brackish water you know they're just not they're not white and sterile and clean looking she can't have her own sheets or whatever like she did at the other facility um she had a she had a queen size bed at the memory care facility and you know we decorated it up she had a chair and a her tv and all those things and she doesn't have that it's a, it's a hospital bed with a tray and a side table and a dresser and that's it and it's just really plain and very hospital-like. And uh, she can't have glass in her photo frames uh, or anything like that. And I, I don't know. It's just really sad to me. So I don't, I don't like that. Now, on the other hand, my dad had um, hospice. And the care that we got there was superb. And also... Um, we had a friend here after my mom moved out. I had a friend who was uh, terminally ill and he moved in with us for about six months or so. And, um, and he, he was on hospice and, you know, they were very caring and very giving and they came, you know, I guess once a week to check on him and, you know, we helped administer his meds and stuff and until he was, not able to take care of himself. And then my husband was his primary caregiver. Um, and, but the hospice people were phenomenal. And, uh, I've had two different companies of hospice and I loved both of them. They were really great. They were very caring. Um, they did a lot of things for us and, um, uh, I just, that was a great thing, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get that kind of care for my mother because she wasn't terminally ill. So, you know, hospice is only for people who are, um, dying and, and so you can't get home health care for somebody mm -hmm. otherwise. So, yeah. you know, you can pay for it, but I know her dementia is, is like the slowest type it, of death. It is. It's, it's terrible because she doesn't even realize that she's that it's happening to her she you can't reason with her to um do anything and it's really really hard on the caregivers because you're when they when they answer something wrong your instinct is to say no mom we did this remember but she doesn't remember and and trying to remind her of something or correcting her actually just makes her more upset and, um, and so it's really, really hard and it's, there's just a lot of factors that go into it. And, and even with her in this facility, I still have to do a lot of things with her money. I, and we actually found out the other day that the, um, the previous facility, the one in between that had moved her out, um, they've charged her twice for her rent after she moved out, they kept charging her rent and overdrew her account. So now I have to go back and, um, I'm, and they won't return my calls. So I'm trying to get that money returned to her. And, um, it's, it's just ridiculous. They, it should not be happening at all. Absolutely not. And you know, the fact that it is just shows what a horrible state our elder care system is right now. And, you know, there's, there's just no one to help guide you through the things. Um, the, the nursing homes did help me fill out the Medicaid, um, process. I had a lawyer that I hired an elder care attorney who helped us with some of our, um, like the POA documents and some of that stuff, but there really is no one to guide anyone through the things that you need to do and how you can protect yourself and, so that your best course of action is to take care of these things before you need it. So, um, you know, for yourself, take care of these things for yourself so that your family doesn't have to. 
um, put a plan in place for your care if something were to happen, you know, and, you know, you may say, well, I'm 40 years old or I'm 30 years old. It's not going to happen to me. But Mm -mm. there's there's a lot of people who get in. Actually, according to a place for mom, there's uh, 1.3 million live in nursing homes, representing 2.4 percent of the elderly population in America as of 2022. And. An additional 918,000 elderly Americans reside in assisted living facilities. And that's just the elderly. I mean, you know, it, what what happens to um, young younger adults who get into... Yeah, that's just 65 and older. 65 yeah. and older. But younger people often have medical crises that cause them to need that kind of care as well. Um, like I said, the, um, the young woman that was my mother's roommate was considerably younger than my mother um and and not a senior and yet she was having to live in that situation probably because her parents um her parents parents had probably already passed away um and so there was no one to care for her and um i in fact uh when i was younger and when i was in college i had a roommate um her she she married uh, someone whose husband, uh, or she married someone and he, he had a sister, um, who was mentally disabled, who was living in a, um, nursing facility and he was her primary caregiver. Um, as far as, you know, I mean, obviously the facility is the primary caregiver, but, um, but he was her next of kin next of kin. And so, you know, you're responsible for that person. And, um, I, I vowed after all this stuff with my mom and my dad to not leave my kids in in this situation. And that's one of the reasons we've been doing some of the purging and the cleaning up and organizing and things, because my mother left me with a house that was, you know, um, she was a bit of a hoarder Um, and, and then her dementia just made it worse. So, um, it, it was a disaster and, uh, we had to take care of all of that, get the house in better repair and get it sold. And, um, you know, there was just all kinds of things that we had to do to take care of her that should have been taken care of a long time ago. And, and it really started with my dad and my sister was there. Um, she lived in the same city and she was helping take care of them. But, uh, about nine months after my dad passed away, my sister, um, had some surgery and, uh, did not recover from the surgery and passed away. So, um, so, you know, it just left my mom with nobody to care for her and stuff. And so it's, um, it's really hard and it was hard. It was hard on us taking care of my dad too, with the, with the hospice because my mother and my sister and I became his primary caregivers. I would, I would have to drive out and I would spend like a week or two there and then I'd come back and spend a week or two here and then I'd drive back there. And, um, but my sister and my mom were there full time, you know, changing his diapers and feeding him and bathing him and, you know, things like that. And, um, and, and it's, it's challenging to have to do that for your family members. And it's, it's very stressful. It's very, you you can't get away from it. And in order for you to go out for dinner, you have to get someone to come take care of that person to, to sit with them. Um, I'm, I can't remember. Um, I think my sister, oh, it was when my cousin got married. That was what it was. And they had to get a sitter to come sit with my dad so they could go, just go to the wedding. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things like that. And, you know, it's, it's just very traumatic. It's very stressful. And, um, and I hate the way our government has all this set up that does not care for our elderly people, uh, you know, I I think Social Security should should cover Extend these that things a little further. Yeah, I and I know it's really, you know, there's the big question of that because Social Security is pretty much tapped out. 
Um, and, um, you know, there's not enough to pay everybody, but, um, we've got to do something because the baby boomers are getting into that. And my mom was a baby boomer and I am the last of the generations of baby boomers. And so there's, there, we're all getting to be that age where we need that care and there is no care available. Um, there's not enough nursing homes. There's not enough staff in the nursing homes. The turnover rate, the work is so hard and stressful for them that um, they can't keep people hired. You know, the turnover rate's huge. And especially after COVID because, um, you know, the that COVID was rampant. Breeding ground for COVID it, nursing it totally homes yes. were, yeah. Yeah, because, the, because the, the elderly can't remember to wear a mask and wash their hands. And, you know, it was it's terrible. It's terrible. And, um, and they're all in close quarters. And so I, I really feel like there should be some reform there, but I don't know. I don't know what that, I don't know how to make that happen. Do y'all have anything to add? Um, do you have any observations that you remember, Kristen, from, from Mimi or Poppy or Koi? Um, Just that I don't look forward to it. Yeah. The thing that I think, is the hardest is seeing you know the fact that your mom doesn't remember who you are i just i don't think i could handle that yeah it's You're hard. like one of my best friends you know that's tough yeah yeah it is it is um and, and sometimes i question whether you know maybe maybe she does know who i am but she just forgot the word for daughter you know and so she the word sister is the first thing that comes up because i was my sister's sister, yeah. you know? And so maybe that, that word is connected and maybe she really does know who I am, but you can't know, you just can't know, you know? And it is, it's really hard. Um, my, my brother gets called, you know, she thinks he's my dad often, but he looks a lot like him. I look a lot like my aunt. Um, she seems to remember who you are though. Yeah. Um, and she remembers who my niece Ashley is and, um, so, so there's some people that she remembers and, and there's some people that she confuses, like they blend together in some way. And, and that is, that is a really hard, that is a really hard part of it. Um, and there's not a whole lot of support for the caregivers. Um, you know, like I said, there, I had no one telling me how to find a place. I, you know, I used a place for mom to find her a place a couple of times and um but there's really nobody to tell you how to manage all that medicare stuff or the medicaid or medicare you know it's like um my mom was paying this exorbitant amount for her um medicare part is it D for the drug stuff yeah. i can't remember and she was paying this exorbitant amount and, and she had this huge deductible. And so she was paying for her meds and it was never paying off, you know, but she didn't know any better. And she got suckered into buying one of those, um, the help me I've fallen and I can't get up buttons and it's a contract. So she got it. And then she realized that, you know, it wasn't really going to help her much. And she those, lost those really don't help. My grandma had one too. Yeah. And Especially if you don't keep it like well, you on have to wear it. You have to remember wear, to wear it. Yeah, she had one in the bathroom, the little button in the bathroom, um, in case she fell, you know, in the shower or whatever. And then she had the thing that you wear. Well, she lost the thing that she wears, and um, and the you know, it it just it was horrible, and it was eating up her money, and they wouldn't let her cancel because she had a contract for the service. And it's like, well, she's an old lady with dementia. Why would you let her sign that up in the first place? You know, they, they don't, don't care. care. Yeah, they, they don't care. That's they the thing. Don't care. That's how nobody cares. They just want to get their money. Her money taken from yes. her is because yeah. scammers called the nursing home. You know, yeah. and so yeah, it, it really is just a travesty the way all of this stuff works. They just want people. You know, they they take advantage of them and. 
They don't get the care they need. The only people who get the level of care they actually need are the people who have a lot of money. $13,000 a yes. month to pay for Yeah. It. yeah. Literally. Pay for like an extra. $13,000 a month. Yeah. And, um, or, or some kind of insurance. Well, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all transactional. Like it's yes. all about money. The 13000 a month people will get taken care of because they have the money to do it. And they have the Anybody money to hire on, higher quality staff. Yeah, anyone on government assistance is going to get the bare minimum because mm-hmm. the government gives the bare minimum to these facilities. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, just a shame. But um, so that's um, that's my rant about elder care and um, caregivers and things like that. I think that I think if uh, it, it, to me, it's a lot like the, our education system. If we had more money to put at it to to hire high quality teachers and to keep teachers there to make it worth it for the teachers to be high quality teachers and to stay in those positions then um and we had the the resources to buy the equipment they need and supplies you know just the same thing with the elder care if we had the if they had the funding to hire the higher quality yeah yeah Yeah. no government well you were talking about um you know the boomers slowly going into yeah. needing that type that level of care right now looking on indeed um ziprecruiter and salary.com uh salary for hospice employees in texas is anywhere from 68,000 to 100,000 a year for hospice yeah, yeah for hospice yeah so that's like home visits that's and the stuff home like visits that. yeah. yeah so that's skilled nurse skilled yeah, nurses skilled you know nursing. Licensed but, nurses. Yeah. Um, what does it say for um, nursing facility staff, like nurses, certified nurses aide, or um, in a in a retirement facility? So, average senior care centers uh, with registered nurses making hourly pay is approximately thirty two dollars an hour. What does that work out to? Um, oh, well, let's do the math. So that would be... That's just That's nursing. actually 21% below the national average, according to Indeed. That's and just nursing staff, though. Like, yeah, that's your nursing that's staff. That's CNA. But that's, that's a difficult job. That's a different level than a hospital where you have different patients right. coming in and yes, out. And yes, They're just needing aftercare from surgeries or accidents. This is right. like nursing home. Like, my grandmother bites people. Yeah, you know that's a tough job. She, right. well, you have to kind of struggle to but, get her to. But you also think that there's the the at a at a facility like that, they you're usually have a director have like, of nursing, and then they have yeah. You're just gonna have two or three nurses. Yeah, there's not gonna staff. be very many right. nurses. So it's all gonna be CNA caregivers. And I yeah. was looking on Indeed as well, and here's one for fifteen dollars an hour to get bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and I mean, and, like, and and to clean up. Urine and feces. Sixteen dollars an hour. Okay. To get bit. If you work forty hours a week at thirty-two fifty-two, which is that's a lot for an hourly pay compared to some jobs. Right. Compared to some jobs where you're sitting on your butt all day. I'll right. Well, you can. That's go only to... uh, thirteen hundred dollars for forty hours. Right. Well, so see... what is that for fifty-two weeks? Sixty-seven thousand. See, that's so, very low. Yeah, that's the bottom of the. Yeah, hospice. you can go to like a that's, hospital as a nurse and make more money. You can go do hospice and travel from mm-hmm. home to home and mm-hmm. and develop a relationship with those people that you're only seeing for like a couple of hours at a time. Not even that. Uh, yeah. When the hospice came in, they might be here 30, 45 minutes at the most. Uh, they would come in and. Um, you know, do do a sponge bath or and change the sheets or, uh, you know, depending on the level of care, um, you know, t- some different things. But, you know, it's all palliative care. Mm-hmm. And um, but like the it's very stressful to work in those nursing homes. My sister um, was a CNA in a nursing yeah. home while she was going to nursing school. And and it was stressful. And the turnover rate because of that pay 
because you know fifteen dollars an hour to get bit. You can pay. You, know, like, uh, you can work at Sonic for fifteen dollars an hour. You can work at Chick Fil A yeah. for sixteen, seventeen dollars an right. hour. Or you now. can work in a call center and make seventeen to twenty dollars plus hour. bonuses, and you don't yeah. get bit. And you don't get bit, and you get <laughs> and you get benefits and stuff. And you know, and I'm thinking, okay, like some of these nursing, the nursing homes are usually owned by corporations that own multiples. They're, they're not usually individually owned. So they probably do have enough employees, probably do have enough employees to have, to have, to have some insurance yeah. at least. But, um, but still you're talking eight, eight or 10 hour shifts of getting bit and slapped and yeah. cleaning up urine and cleaning up feces washing and, other people's clothes yeah 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 and they're not just doing nursing things like giving people shots of medicine they're cutting up their food for them making sure they have sometimes they hand feed them laundry yeah hand feed hand dress them hand wash them brush them their yeah. hair yeah brush hair clipping yeah. their toenails changing dirty bed sheets yes and I mean, frequent, because we're talking people who often have no, um, continents, in, they're incontinent, you know, or even their bowels are incontinent sometimes. So, you know, it's, um, some of them are like little children and when they get mad, they are dangerous. So yeah, it's, it's a, and it, and it's stressful to see adults in distress, Mm -hmm. that way also so um Not yeah it's job. uh i don't understand why that pay is so low well i understand why the pay is so low because they don't get enough money to pay mm -hmm. them more mm -hmm. they don't i know uh, that's the conundrum or the catch-22 is you want it to be less expensive so anyone can get can get the, that, that level of care but the good then level there's of not care. enough people doing that job and if they had more people doing it, it would cost more to have that level of care. It would. And the and the, the problem is that, that it's not subsidized by the government. And I think and you know, I'm not I'm not a fiscal I'm not I'm a fiscal conservative. So um so I don't like the idea of government having to pay for that because where is that money gonna come from? Um we're already tapping out social security but um i i don't know how we i don't know how we do that and you know in other cultures often those people um just live at home with their kids with their kids yeah. but they live they but the family group tends to be a larger family group living under one roof so that it's not the responsibility of a single caregiver it's um you know multiple siblings or whatever and they're um you know the children and the grandchildren also caring for that adult mm -hmm. it's the whole so family's it's the whole family's responsibility and um and we don't have that here in the u.s so um, maybe that's the answer to it is getting getting more away from the nuclear family. We talked about this on another uh, podcast, I think. Yeah, we kind of touched on it on our gender roles. Yeah, yeah, where, or where family raises the children, you know, bigger bigger mm -hmm. family groups raise the children's and stuff. And um, and maybe, maybe this whole idea of a nuclear family where, the you know, you grow up and you move away. Buying your own home. And you and buy your yeah. own home and move away. Maybe that's not the answer to things. Um, maybe the answer is to have the big castle with a whole bunch of the family you know, living there all together. The crisis and the cost of living, it, you know. Well, it is forcing a lot of, like the millennials are staying at home, but they're not getting married and having children and staying home. They're just staying at home and not getting married. Yeah. So, um but, you know, in in other cultures, you know, they would often get married and they just all all be there together. Yeah. And then, you know, that helps with the raising of the children that helps with the raising of or, you know, take caring for the elderly or the infirm. And um, well, it takes a lot of the burden off of everyone because it's all 
kind of a communal effort to care for the family. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, it's a it's a thought. Um, we may re- revisit this at another <laughs> at another date with more perspectives. I don't know. Um, you tell us what you think about it. Have you had to care for someone in your family or do you know someone who does? And, um, you know, how do they cope with the stress? Um, because that was one of the things of, um, you know, coping with the stress of having people here and, you know, caring for my mother and not getting a break from that was, was really hard. So, um, I'd like to hear how you coped with that stress. Um, how did, how did you care for your loved one? Um, tell us your story. I'd like Mm -hmm. to hear, uh, more either on MMC chat or our Facebook chat group, um, which you can get to from our Facebook profile, or you can get to it from our website, which is modernmusings.net. And um, if you're not reading the blog, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting a part of the story. So get over there and check that out. And um, what are we talking about next week? Oh, next week is going to be fun. If uh, you didn't know, we're still on location in Mm -hmm. southwest Texas. And we are going to be recording next week in a haunted hotel <laughs> and we're going to be talking about horror movies Ooh, we may not stories. be able to go to sleep <laughs> maybe not but it's going to be a fun one I and think so too. you know maybe telling some ghost stories of some sort try to get the haunted <laughs> energy out of here oh my yeah okay i'm lo- i'm looking forward I'm to excited that excited about that yeah, yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun I-, I can't wait to tell you guys about our wacky cool road trip so um i want to give a shout out to creative audio tech for our wonderful theme music and cake mix studios for our gear that we rent from them and um i think that's it for this week we will talk to you we will talk to you next week every single Time. We will see you next week. No, we're not going to see you. We're going to talk to you next week. They're going to listen to us. Lie. No. They're going to listen. To, well, we hope they're going to listen, listen to Linda. us. Listen, Linda. Listen, <laughs> Linda. Yeah. <laughs> so listen to us next week. We come out every Wednesday, and we'll be coming to you live well, from with Alpine, Texas, <laughs> from a haunted hotel. I can't wait. Y'all have a great week. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.